of the FCC minimal regulations. Again, sometimes you got to play the system in a variety of ways, and and a low power station means essentially that only in here in New Haven, uh, parts of Hamden and parts of West Haven can one hear the uh, radio station over the radio. But again, who has a radio these days? I mean, you might have a radio, you might even have a low power radio or a ham radio, but because of the internet and technology and innovation, a low power station can now broadcast throughout the world. And so this is a global broadcast, and I'm going to welcome uh, Muhammad Abdullah on the air. He's going to call in to uh, chat with us for the next 46 or 47 minutes. Regarding the Black Student Alliance at Yale, 50th anniversary, literally the 50th anniversary, 5-0, half of a century ago, <laughs> the uh, yep. the Black Student Alliance uh, at Yale started. And I have the pleasure of speaking with Muhammad Abdullah. Muhammad's there. I can hear him in the background. And, uh, can you hear me, uh, Tom? Uh-huh. I can hear, hear you loud, loud and clear. Loud, oh, loud very and clear. good. Thank you. And, Thank uh, you. Glad uh, to be here. And Muhammad was here in, oh, the late 60s and then came back to kind of work in undergrad, undergraduate admissions and then went out to the West Coast. And he's going to fill us in on what he's, what he's been doing recently here back on the East Coast in, in, in general and, in, and specifically in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. But but the spotlight for this show is a Black Student Alliance at Yale 50 years ago, and they're celebrating their anniversary this weekend right. on Yale's campus, October 6th through October 8th. And just Google Black Student Alliance at Yale 50th anniversary, and you'll see the information. But again, Muhammad Abdullah's on the line, and the so such a pleasure to have. Muhammad, should I refer to you as Ron Matchett, a.k.a. Muhammad Abdullah, or Muhammad <laughs> Abdullah, a.k.a. Ron Matchett? I tell you, that's a good question. Uh, I, I answer to both. I prefer Muhammad, but you can call me whatever you're comfortable okay. with. Okay. I'm just thinking in terms of this particular broadcast and speaking, and you have sure, a... Sure. You I, have think so, yeah. I, I think it's good probably to use both names so those perhaps who not, might be familiar with the change would be familiar with who I am. In, indeed. So, so we have Ron Matchett, but Ron is kind of, uh, uh, he's transitioned into Muhammad, into Muhammad Abdullah, and that's really the key of the show as well in terms of how do we transition into more vibrant identities? How do we transition into mm-hmm. our own self-discovery? How do we kind of uh, transition into in terms of fulfilling our own ambitions, whether we change our name, change your job, change right. your vocation, change, change your sex, dare I say, change your religion. But, you know, the human liberation is kind of the spirit and, and the driver of, of many things. And so the Black Student Alliance at Yale, and particularly Muhammad Abdullah, Ron Matchett, and others were involved with really kind of setting uh, uh, Yale on perhaps a uh, a new path of significance, a new path, a new path of uh, fulfilling and serving humanity. So, Muhammad and Ron, good, good morning. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good. I didn't hear you for a second. I'm good. That was a very good summary of, uh, I think, the value of what BSAY really uh, represents and what we were seeking to do when we were doing that. Now, got 50 years ago, amazing. Indeed. So let, let's let's plunge in. <laughs> and I, I was thinking that you were kind enough to send me a. N- uh, a series of bullet points and information, and we and we could be yes, on the sir. air for for between now and Friday talking about uh, everything that's All going right. on. Okay. But but we have about forty eight minutes. But, but let, let's 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 dig into the the Black Student Alliance at Yale and your coming okay. and how that kind of started. From a historical standpoint, it's really important for people to kind of take a deep breath, okay. pause, and reflect on what's happened and what kind of uh, uh, infrastructure, uh, institutional uh, power uh, establishment, uh, kind of concrete. Uh, manifestations you've kind of created when and when you started when you when you when this baby was born you were there when the baby was born right that's correct we delivered her great yeah i can say this that um for me for just a sense of of timing i came to yale in the fall of 1966 Mm -hmm. and so i'm part of the class of 70 and uh, we just uh we just 
came to Yale, we were put the first wave of black students. Thus, prior to our coming, there were 4,000 Yale students, all of them men. All the Ivy Leagues were men's schools, and all the sister schools were the comparable version, but women's schools, mm-hmm. before the co-education took place. And Yale was the first one to go co-ed in our, in our time. But in any event, there were only 14 black students at Yale, and 33 of us came. Mm. And when we came here, the organization that was existing was called the Negro Literary Society. Negro Literary Society. Uh, okay. So it gives you a sense of the climate of the time was different than when we came. We came, we were sort of the black power generation. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and the timing was that um, the students were, when we were coming, Martin Luther King was, of course, in the forefront of America in terms of his, his vision for America and his passion and his eloquence. And one of the people who was very influenced by him was Yale President Kingman Brewster, who mm-hmm. said, I want the next Martin Luther Kings to come from Yale. Mm. And so they, it's not that any of us were pers- could be that, but he certainly sought to get the best black students he could find anywhere in America, rather than going to the traditional places like the Andovers and Exodus, where there were a few, mm-hmm. and uh, from very, very, you know, select places. And so that was, so we were mainly public school kids, mm-hmm. um, which was very different. And so when we came here, we found out also that New Haven didn't like black students. Mm. Uh, uh, there was a bad, it was there was not a good relationship between Yale and New Haven uh, in that context for the black student perspective for lots of reasons. And one of the reasons that the black students were not liked because many of the black community in New Haven thought that we were, we thought we were better than them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one of the things that happened when I came to Yale, when I ended up in the summer of 60, I think 68, working in the uh, working in the anti-party movement in the Haven community. I never told anybody I was a Yale student. Mm, By the mm, time they found mm. out, it was too late. We were mm. You were in the down low. So, you, were, so. you were in disguise. <laughs> All right. Okay. Right. So, so so one of the themes that came out of the Black Student Alliance at Yale that was amplified, amplified I think, by the African-American Culture Center, for which we were founded as well, mm-hmm. was that um, each one teach one. We got very involved in the Haven community, and one of those people was uh, Alan Woods, who was an inspiration to me. He was a, he was already at Yale when we got there. Give her another shout out. Say that name again. Alan Woods. Alan Woods. Okay. And there was a brand new school started in New Haven called Lee High School, mm-hmm. named after then Mayor Lee, and uh, uh, and it was a unique experiment. And 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 Alan Woods, who could have gone anywhere in the world to teach, chose to teach chemistry to inner city kids in Lee High School in the hill of, of uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. That was a big commitment of the kind of uh, commitment that, that black students had. So the other challenge we had also was on the Yale campus. We got stopped repeatedly by Yale police. Mm. Mm. They, they swore that we were trespassing. Mm-hmm. We weren't carrying a mop or a broom or, or a, a, a lawn blower of some sort. Then we, 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 did, we weren't supposed to be coming onto the mm-hmm. residential campus. Guess, 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 so guess, guess hold that. Take, take a deep breath there again. You're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show and Muhammad Abdullah on the, on the line uh, calling him from Charlotte and formerly known as Ron Matchett. But you mentioned town-gown relations. You mentioned the relation between the school and and uh, the community, you mentioned black students not being perceived, not being perceived in a favorable land from a, a fav- favorable view in terms of the uh, Yale police. Um, you right. mentioned Mary Lee. So I really appreciate your kind of just walking. People can easily visualize. And this is the purpose of the show. So get, just continue. I just want to okay. kind of. Mm-hmm. OK. All right. Thank you. Well, I want to just finish that and then just add a little bit of national context. And I think that mm-hmm. sort of hopefully set the setting. Good. The, 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 the other uh, under unfolding that was taking place was what was going on between us as Yale students. We were the new ones who were coming and the ones who were already here. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to say that while we had some dynamic what we call rap sessions among us as we debated uh, hot and, and, and continuously, we fundamentally liked one another and we mm-hmm. chose to work together. 
And so we created the BSAY, and it's, it's called the Black Student Alliance at Yale. Yes. So alliance was not just an alliance among black students, but we were allied with other organizations. That's and key. Many students who were minorities were also part of the BSAY. It was an umbrella organization That's initially, key. Uh, not to, to hamper anybody's growth, but really to create a context where everybody could have possibilities. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that, was, that was important to the quality experience that we began to succeed in terms of success at Yale. Uh, we had one voice. And then the other side of it, too, is we, we didn't all get in each other's lane. We all, we all worked together. You know, and I think our first moderator, and that's why we said moderator. We didn't say president. We mm -hmm. didn't say chair. We said moderator, someone who was a, who was a voice among equal voices. Mm -hmm. And that's our key. first moderator was a very articulate brother from New York, uh, Glenn Dishabrev. We affectionately called him Dish. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he was an unusual brother besides being with this, one of the first brothers to have the big afro. Mm -hmm. I went from a short haircut with waves uh -huh. every week down at Dixwell Barbershop, the Reeves Barbershop, in the back in the day going past Cutler's, to, to, to having an afro. So mm. that was the, that gives you a sense of the transition indeed, of indeed. And, and a dress. So anyway, the point being that uh, uh, we really tried to work with help Yale uh, be more inclusive of this new population of students of which we were. You're, you're still there? Yeah, we're just having a little bit. <clears throat> uh, I'll remind uh, Muhammad where he kind of broke off. And again, I wanted the benefit of chatting with him from uh, from Charlotte, North Carolina. And so he'll hopefully he'll tune he'll tune back in. Um, I wanted to. It was in, very intentional to kind of have the chance to talk with him on the on the radio prior to this October sixth, seventh, and eighth fiftieth uh, anniversary of the the uh, Black Student Alliance at Yale there. Their their fiftieth anniversary. The title is of the of the seminar, by the way, the the symposium, the conference, the get together, the communion. It's intersecting voices, looking forward to our future while honoring our past. October sixth through eighth here in New Haven. Uh, Google the Black Student Alliance at Yale. Uh, the fiftieth anniversary. Marion Wright Edelman is speaking. Uh, Joy Reed is speaking. There are various workshops, and it is open to the community. You heard. Brother Muhammad, reflect on the town-gown relations in general, uh, black students in general, uh, black students at Yale that recently arrived back in the mid in late 60s and those that were here before, and just the need to kind of reach down and, commun and communicate and commune with, with everyone wherever you kind of come across, come across, re re come across, and regardless of what institutional barriers might be perceived or, dare I say, institutional prejudices that might be in place from a legacy standpoint or just from a perception standpoint. Um, really important. So that's the purpose of this show to kind of realize that whether we're talking about the, the 50th anniversary of something or the, 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 the birth of somebody, it's really important to kind of seize the historical moment wherever you are. Muhammad, are you there? Yes, I am. I'm oh. sorry. I'm not sure what happened. We lost one of those. No here. problem. I was just, just kind of recapping. So they gave me a chance to recap for people. So it was, okay. it was a good, good commercial break. So, so, so continue. Thank you. I, I was I was sharing about um, the relationship on campus and the relationship of, of black students coming to Yale was parallel with black students coming to Harvard and other places. Mm -hmm. Although Yale, we felt that we sort of led the way in the way that All right. sort of unfolded. And in, in regard to that, that's why, one of, for example, at Harvard at this time, the climate was that the faculty had mixed views about whether we were capable enough of being at Yale. Mm. And uh, William Shockley at Harvard had, a, a, had a put out academic literature saying that black people were 
inferior by by heredity. So, so Shockley was on the faculty at Harvard. Shockley was on the faculty at Harvard at that time. Yes. Isn't, and so, so, yes. What, so what happened was that you know what Harvard speaks and Ivy League speaks has weight in the world, and so that we had a dialogue about those things going on, mm-hmm. and then there's a dialogue also about what was the role of African Americans in our history and our culture. Mm-hmm. And if you know that when when I was uh, going to school uh, in elementary school, and then when I came to middle school, they used to be a story about little black sand brothers. Sometimes they talked about the history of blacks in America. And our history was a lot more than Little Black Flambeau. So we really worked to also bring before the world the true vision and view of the, the contribution that people of color have made, particularly of African-American history. And, and that was important to us, which is a part of what became African-American studies. So BSAY was very involved in that, to, to get the story to be fully inclusive. Boy, and, that, and, boy. And, sir, go ahead, sir. No, no, go ahead. Okay, and to be fully inclusive in a way that, you know, we, we because it was affecting self-image, which brings me to the last point. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a very good self-image in those days, and most images of beauty, particularly women, were of, of white women. Nothing's wrong with beautiful white women, but they're beautiful black women, beautiful women of every uh, color and race. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but those, those, those people who were called exotic were exhibited, were excluded from you know, standard beauty. So one of the things we also then pushed was Black is Beautiful. Mm. The music reflected that, which became my special domain, uh, being quite founding a group called All Natural Rail and being part of the first original WYBC Soul Brothers when I was then called Ramon Natchez Ram. All right. Bringing, giving you more of what you dig radio for. Go ahead. Go ahead. Where the soul is back in those days. And so, and we also, therefore, uh, New Haven didn't have FM. So the very first time that FM came onto the marketplace, the summer of 68, before we came back to Yale, Willie Wright, who must be given credit, mm-hmm. uh, came and did some beautiful work that summer of playing what was then called soul music uh, to the uh, New Haven community. It was just, it was like, it was like water to to, to thirsty land. Mm-hmm. And so when we came back as Yale students, and there were about four of us, the WWC Soul Brothers, you know, uh, which included uh, Clyde, the, the Glide Murphy, included Woody, who I spoke to you about earlier, included Stephen Catman Brisker, and myself, Ronald Nash, the Ram. You know, we, we, we had a WBC Soul Survey. We got very involved in New Haven, and New Haven embraced us like, 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 uh, like, I can't begin to tell you how much we were loved and welcomed. And so we got very involved in the community using that as a way to bridge New Haven Yale relations. Mm-hmm. Because we were, after all, Yale students. And then we had the nerve to start a band, mm. right? Mm. <laughs> Called Oh Natural, and uh, and we were blessed with great success. And so we played gigs. We opened for the Delphonics. We played all over. Uh, we gave we gave serious parties at the Culture Center. Mm-hmm. And there was something at Yale then called Spook Weekend. I'm going to finish on this. Okay. When we came to, when we came to Yale, they, because there were no sisters uh, uh, going to uh, going to Yale, because it was all male school. Mm-hmm. And that time, New Haven relationships hadn't grown to the way they were going to grow. So if guys wanted to, to meet women, mm-hmm. the way that Yale did it back in those days, they had mixtures, which means they had the buses of women coming down from the sister schools, like Smith and Radcliffe and Mount Holyoke, coming down to uh, to to places like Yale, and they would come on those buses, and the guys would meet them at the bus and take them to the various residential colleges for parties. Mm-hmm. And what, what normally happened is these guys would line up, imagine these ladies, the bus pulls up, on either side of the door, uh, our guys lined up like a tunnel going from the bus door all the way to the door of the dance. And the ladies are walking out the bus through that. 
I mean, imagine what, <laughs> how difficult that must have been. So he told the sisters, said, get on that bus, and when you get there, we'll meet you. And so we met them, and we take them to our parties. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to say that one of those legendary parties is in my room, in Vanderbilt <laughs> Hall, where, where, where Charles Finch met his wife. He's still married to now. I think he has, I don't know how many Charles has. He may have a seven or eight kids, mm-hmm. who's one of the most remarkable people you're going to ever meet. And was also a, a, one of our founders, one of my best friends at Yale, and frat brother. He met his wife uh, on that one such occasion when Ellen got off the bus from Mount Holyoke. Mm. And we knew something was up because he would let nobody dance with her at all. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's, so, so Spook Weekend became what we gave our own weekend event. And, and people came from all over. We used to rent a whole hotel and, and they had, we had parties, but eventually we don't just have parties. We also had academic, we had discussions. Mm-hmm. So, so it became a com- combination of those things and it, it networking. And I know one of my roles in BSAY when I did some part was to, I was a liaison to the other uh, black organizations um, in, um, in the other schools. And the last thing is that in New Haven, there was something called the Black Coalition. I think you may have been mm-hmm. around, Tom, mm-hmm. if you remember mm-hmm. that. And the Black Coalition was a coalition of all the black organizations, and BSAY was a part of that, which is where I met the black Muslims, where I met, you know, uh, Black Panthers, and on and on and on. And, 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 I, uh, and I had the fortune to have Hugh Newton on my radio show in 1970 when we were also involved with May Day mm-hmm. in New Haven, and Yale was front line because the national news was Nixon was president, he had law and order, and he felt that that these this up these 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 uprisings in the cities because King had been killed in '68, and 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 so had been uh, Robert Kennedy. That people were just uh, uh, just angry. Indeed. And add to the anger, the anger moved to the college campuses. So mm-hmm. we tell the black students, add to this the Vietnam War protests. All that came to a head in this era when we came to Yale. And that was the that was the environment which we found ourselves. Fantastic. Let me just let our listeners know, um, Muhammad. That li- yes, again, sir. you're listening to the Tom Ficklin show, and that you're listening also to Muhammad Abdullah, uh, formerly a Ron Matchett, and the, the issues he's mentioned in terms of cultural uh, cultural transference, the impact of that students can have in terms of innovation and creativity, not just on their campus, but in wherever they may be located. Uh, you, re- you referenced the Black Panthers and May Day and, and Kingman Brewster. Uh, what uh, YBC in, in its early stage before it was an FM station. These are so so. Th- th- these are some of the reasons I was so excited to kind of chat with chat with you, Muhammad. Because as we know, well, you, you. You, you and I aren't the, the the youngest chickens in the world. So whatever legacy we can well, we leave, admit it. we ain't gonna admit it. We still, we still got a lot of vitality left. <laughs> well, I, I know you're doing the tango, so I, I can see that you're kind of you're 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 taking the taking it to the max. I'm trying to just deal with a little bit of mini arthritis. Maybe I should do more more tango. Uh, yeah. Maybe, uh, but 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 oh, but, but again, this this show, this show will be archived. So if you're just tuning in, you'll have get a chance to listen to it. Just uh, go to uh, WNHH or, or go to Tom Ficklin's show, and it's on my Facebook page. And so I'll be able to put uh, Muhammad some footnotes and 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 uh, uh, Google references, etc., to, to to some of the points you've mentioned. So you you've really dropped dropped a lot on us. Uh, well, what instrument did you play, by the way, when you were in the band? Well, actually, I, I I played two instruments that I sang. I was one of the lead singers. Okay. Um, and I played kungas. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. that's how I, I first got introduced to Latin music in New York City when I was uh, sitting with Puerto Rican bands. But I played trumpet with my first instrument. I was someone who admired Miles Davis and, mm-hmm. and, and Louis Armstrong. And when I had my jazz show at Yale, I had I had the good fortune to have some of the jazz leaders of the day on my show. Mm-hmm. And being a musician, I, I worked very hard to, to make the music understandable, which... 
which uh, one of the things that happened in those days when you got uh, music, of course, it was a record. It wasn't a CD. Mm-hmm. It was it was a record. And on this album, they'd have lots of information about the record from the point of view of yes. you know, who's involved and so forth. And because I knew the history of a good deal, I ended up sort of doing um, my show in a way that you learned about the music as well as enjoying it. And I got invited to come into the New Haven community because a high school Hendon teacher was listening to the show and they were reading a book on jazz and playing the book and lecturing there and loved it. So I felt that that show really was something that, uh, that my music really helped me connect with the New Haven community. So that was my instrument. But that's key. Th- thanks for it. Yeah. Your, your instrument is your, your, your voice and your talents and your, your Renaissance person that, that, that's so, so, well, so, you. so key. Um, What's what's cooking down in, in in as I mentioned? So from Yale, you went to uh, you you came back to work in the undergraduate admissions, and then you went out, went out to UCLA, and then I guess back to the East Coast. Uh, those are you you've covered a lot a lot of the country, and you're right you're writing a book, I believe. You, I think you referenced to me you're finishing up. Yeah, well, I as you know, I already have a book out called Reflections in the Key of Life, which is really reflects my my experiences from the point of view of the biography of my inner life as, as I've evolved through these experiences that were my biographies you, you begin to describe. Mm-hmm. And I, and days of Yale's a book I wrote when my father passed, his sort of guidance was, uh, before he left was don't take your dreams to your grave. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I began to sit mm-hmm. down and write for myself, uh, the arc of my own life to, as a way of getting perspective on, on my journey of which Yale was a big part. Don't so take your, don't take your dreams right. to your grave. I guess want people to hear that. Correct. Don't take, don't take your yeah. dreams to your grave. Don't take your dreams mm. to your grave. Mm. And so when mm. he said, when hearing that, I then said this to myself, I asked myself the question, if I was to die today, what would I regret most not doing? Mm-hmm. And whether your answer is to that question is what you should be about the business of doing, mm. Mm. not sometime in the future, but stepping into that future right now. Indeed. And Indeed. So, in that space, I began to just sit down and write every day. And if so I started off, as I said, Alabama to South Dakota years, which you won't believe, I came to Yale from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Were you on the um, reservation? What was cooking? <laughs> what was going on there? Huh? My dad, my dad, who was a vet who, who worked in the polio vaccine, didn't know you get all that stuff. When he graduated from Tuskegee Valley Medical School, he chose to take us to South Dakota of all places. And believe me, I had never met a white person uh-huh. before I got there. Mm. And the advantage of that turned out to be that when I came to Yale, many of my classmates who struggled at Yale initially, their struggle was because they were not accustomed to being the only black person in a mm. white mm. environment. Mm. I had mm. already gone through that. Mm-hmm. And so that, 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 I, when I went to South Dakota, my hopes were that I told my folks, look, when I graduate from high school, I'm getting out of here. I'm never coming back. I'm going to Howard University, uh, where you know where where was the Harvard and Yale with black community and those kinds. Indeed, I didn't even heard of Yale when I was that age. Mm-hmm. And that's and I and besides, it's co-ed, and the women are beautiful, and that's where I'm going. So anyway, so that that's that was that's a twelve year old. So I end up in South Dakota, and as fate would have it, I end up uh, being elected student body president of my high school in the Governor of Boy State, which ends in my being recruited to come to Yale which I didn't want to go because mm-hmm. it was an all-male school. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, and I thought I had paid my dues already being a black kid in a primarily white environment in a time where people didn't cross the color line. Mm-hmm. So, I said, uh, so I said, okay, look, I, I've been in the monastery long enough. <laughs> I tell you what, so, so I, I come to Yale, I was motivated. Mm. And, and I can tell you that uh, I was motivated to get out of Yale mainly so I could really get into the world. But it turns out New Haven, I met some of the most beautiful people in the world uh, if I had never come to New Haven, I would not have the life that I had. Mm. 
And mm. I think that was the most wonderful na- na- experience. Name drop. I sh- share, share a few name drops with, with me in terms of some people. That's... Name drops. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, our group, you know, I don't know where to begin. Other than to say that, of course, Arita Dumas was at that time a, a, a leader here and on the Board of Education. And and uh, and when we didn't, we couldn't go home all the way across the country for Thanksgiving. And she mm-hmm. was kind enough to host us. And she was, we sit around her table, like sitting around the table with Maya Angelou. Yes. And she was that kind of figure in our life. And, and uh, Reverend Edmonds was, was, mm-hmm. was the head of the CCI, mm-hmm. uh, Community Progress Incorporated. And, mm-hmm. and we have to know uh, his daughter uh, as well. Yes. Uh, and she, uh, she, she used to, she used to like our band a lot. And, mm-hmm. uh, and she's cur- currently crazy, right? She's and I, I hear so many people have gone to become leaders in the community there. I can also think about, uh, uh, the people who were you know, in the community here who were uh, not just in black men. You think it's the time when Clinton was at Yale and when Bush was at Yale mm-hmm. and the time when Clarence Thomas was a little student there and, and the list of people who became uh, the leaders of, of that we can think of were, uh, in, 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 say, in, the, in, the, in the beginning of the 20th century, 21st century was coming of age then and being shaped. And so in, in this environment also we found that when Rita Dumas, I remember she was selected by President Carter to become uh, Head of HEW, which mm-hmm. is Health Educational Welfare, and mm-hmm. I was driving her to Washington, and and and, and she when she retired from there, she became dean of students at uh, at uh, at the University of Michigan in Auburn. Her daughter Cookie, I don't even know what Cookie's real name is now. Mm-hmm. Cookie mm-hmm. was uh, was 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 someone who was wonderful, and Mrs. Huggins was another person. Constance Bates Motley was there, who tremendous, the first sole judge, mm-hmm. and Mrs. Huggins, her son John. Uh, would sometimes join us, and she lived in the same neighborhood where Miss um, uh, Dumas, Dumas lived. And John went off to UCLA, and he became the head of the Black Panther uh, chapter mm-hmm. out there. And, and, and what a tragic, tragic story! Uh, he was killed. Indeed. And 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 uh, that's a story for another time. But his, his wife, Erica Huggins, became part of what became uh, something very much be front page news in the world here in New Haven in 1970 with the Black Panther trial. That's right. In which, which uh, Juan Kimbrough, who was the head of the Black Panther Party right there in New Haven, who I knew, all these guys, uh, uh, and of course, Erica Huggins was there, and, uh, and I think the other was Bobby Seale. Yeah, the three of them, they were, they were there for the Black Panther trials. And that's why Hugh Newton was in town. Indeed. But anyway, indeed. those are some of the names of the people there. And on, on the campus, I'm not even talking about William Sloan Coffer, mm-hmm. William Buckley, and, and King and Brewster brought his attention to the world to Yale because he said he didn't believe that a black revolutionary could get a, could get a fair trial anywhere in America. That's right, that's right. Folks have forgotten about that. He was that. on the cover of Time magazine, mm-hmm. so therefore Nixon was on his case. President mm-hmm. Nixon was on his case, and Agnew, they, they thought we, we, were, we were in hell over here in terms of what we were causing the country, but we really were unlike what happened at uh, Kent State when, a, when the National Guard and military surrounded the campus and in the protest and 19 people were killed mm-hmm. about and, and, a week before yes. that and May Day here, we had 4,500 National Guard surround the Yale campus and, and I can tell you now, in the midst of all that and not a single person lost life. That's right. And it's because the New Haven community and the black community and the Yale community and the entire community came together because we said to them, you know, we really appreciate you coming here, but when you leave, we still got to live here. That's right. That's so, right. That's right. So you need to let us be the voice of how this uh, on the play is here. And so I think, you know, we were blessed to have good leaders at Yale in those days who really worked with us. Indeed. And you're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show and Muhammad Abdullah is on the line. Muhammad graduated in the, in the late 60s here from 
from Yale and went on to, came back to work in undergraduate missions, went out to UCLA. He's calling in from North Carolina. And we're, we're spotlighting the Black Student Alliance uh, at Yale, their 50th anniversary upcoming this weekend, October 6th through the 8th. And he's mentioned, just as you might have heard, the, you know, Muhammad, people ask what the show's about. I have a variety of guests on every Monday, but okay. but essentially okay. the the, un, the underlying theme is exactly what you mentioned, the, the need for the human connections. The, you, we can have institutions that kind of will, will mobilize and institute change, but it's that human factor. Who do you know? Who's going to help you? Who's going to protect you? Who are you going to protect? That really will make, make makes the world go around and can kind of uh, give you some insurance for your, for your success. And you, you've mentioned some key names. Uh, Reverend Edmonds, Tony, yeah. Tony Walker is Thank now you. is uh, a state rep and, and Warren Kimbrough, uh, you know, he's passed away, but, but his, his son is still active here in the community. One of the things made me think of is that, uh, that, that, you know, all these people touch our lives. Some of them are, are people whose names are known, but most of the people touch lives are people whose names we will never know. That's right. You no. Know, and, 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 and there's so many people just in the, in the, I know that, uh, I think of a, something when my dad was a person like that, and in the sense that I think of a quote from Beryl Markham, who wrote a book called uh, Northwest with the Wind. She said that if a man has any greatness in him, it comes to light not just in one flamboyant hour, but is to be found in the ledger of his daily work. Mm, mm. And and that to me meant that we may not have that moment with King at uh, at the Lincoln uh, at the Lincoln Memorial with a wonderful address or. Uh, Caesar at Mark Anthony's, uh, Mark Anthony at Caesar's funeral, or Lincoln at Gettysburg, but we mm-hmm. still have moments where that touch our lives more profoundly than any of those moments, and those are the kind of people we don't hear about, but they're, they're the ones that are making the difference. That, and we had a chance to be touched by people like that while we were here in New Haven. That's right. As we believe it or not, we're going to we're going to have to wind down in like four or five minutes. But talk to me a little bit about. And by the way, I have to have you back. You got to call back in. You got to. We got to have you back in okay, in, in a few months. You, that, that's you. I got to get you publicly to make that commitment. And all of our listeners have heard you say yes. Talk to me about okay. the import the importance of this weekend. I mean, it's easy to say that it's important. It's it's easy to talk about Mary Wright Edelman okay. coming, Joy Reid, and the various workshops. But why, sure. in your mind, sure. in in twenty seventeen, is this fiftieth anniversary salute to the Black Student Alliance important? I think the timing couldn't. It, it could be even more. It, it it seems so timely. It seems divinely appointed to me because mm. the season of what we dealt with in our lives as as young men coming of age. Is the same issues on, on a, in many respects that the students today are dealing with. Mm. You see that you know the killing of you know I can tell you you know having worked with police forces in Los Angeles when I advised out there we were facing the, the riots and the, and the and the and the things that go on in terms of police interacting with the black community. Those issues were our issues. Mm. They're still issues, and so 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 I think the theme of looking to the future while still honoring our past. Yeah, I think Malcolm was right. If you don't study your past, you're doomed to repeat it. And so I think the BSAY is bringing together in a community of, of people who reflect this diversity, not only the experience, but share the one common experience of our time here at Yale. And and at the same time, though, we share that we are still dealing with challenges that, that we have fought and dealt with throughout the spectrum of all of our different times. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one thing. The second is that I know I came back to Yale as Director of Minority Recruitment as Assistant Director of Undergraduate Missions in the 80s, mm-hmm. and, and I saw BSOY in that season of its life. And, 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 and I can say that I think this is a way of BSOY really reasserting leadership in the community because it really was always one that did that both in the Yale community and the New Haven community, of not, again, from an exclusive point of view, but from an alliance perspective of trying to empower from a collaborative win-win rather than mm. uh, either-or. So I think that's mm. what this weekend reflects 
And I think also it, it's going to be a healing for a lot of people because black students leave here with mixed feelings about their experiences. And, uh, and, and, Elab- elaborate, and people come elab- back. Elaborate on that, heal- that healing, the, 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 the conscious or unconscious trauma. Elaborate a little bit on, on that. Sure. Well, you know, there's so many stories, but in general, the one of the, as I said initially, one of the issues that, that galvanized some people, of course, was Calhoun College, which now has had its name changed. Mm-hmm. And, Grace and when Hopper. we came mm-hmm. to Yale, that was called, that, those, the people who were in those classes were called masters. So, and if you walked into Calhoun College, you saw Negro memorabilia. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, it, so, so, the, so the climate for some Yale students was not welcoming at mm-hmm. different seasons in different ways. That's number one. I already told you about being stopped by police. Mm-hmm. Always, uh, and, 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 and that, how that makes you feel like a second-class citizen. That's right. You feel like you don't belong. And then also there's the, the undercurrent, and, and this is probably more true in our era than, than when I came back in the 80s, because when I came back in the 80s, I worked very hard to, 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 to make the case that every student who is here at Yale deserves to be here. If they weren't able to be here uh, as a student, they wouldn't be here with you because they weren't qualified. But they are here, so they're qualified. So we don't get into the qualified versus qualified because I learned at Yale that of the 10,000 people who applied to Yale, say, when I was there, over 9,000 were qualified. So it's not about qualified versus unqualified. It's about in a quality pool, how you make good choices and Mm. good fit. Mm. And I think Yale provides a dynamic environment. And this is because the residential colleges allow a lot of interaction. And so I think the thing that Yale does well, and this is where students struggle a bit at first, is in the social interactions that happen in the residential colleges. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the people who are the leaders there set that tone. Bar Giamatti uh, was the guy at, at, at uh, Ezra South where I was, and he became president of Yale later. Yes. And that's why I came back to Yale, because I knew the quality of person he was. They set a warm climate. So I think some people had bad experiences. And so we would often congregate in one residential college more than another, what became called the black table, because we were welcome there. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm saying those are the kind of dynamics that, that had, had uh, issues in my day. And, 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 and that's not to mention some of the things that we'll get to perhaps in the future when we talk. But I would say this in closing, uh, Tom, I want to thank you for giving me an opportunity to, to come on and, and share some of my experiences along the way. And that... Uh, what what I uh, I am writing because I've written a book days at Yale which I'm trying to trying to deal with uh, in terms of really not bringing it to the marketplace. I know a few years ago I was uh, featured by the Culture House of some of that writing. I wasn't aware of that. I was so thankful to learn mm-hmm. of that. So mm-hmm. I'm doing that, and um, and I'm writing my and that's the first of the three part article. Biography. We got days at Yale, then days of religion, which is the second part of the days of religion. That we can talk about days. Did you and, say days? Days of religion. Days of religion. Okay. Days of religion. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know I dance, and so I I, I got a little dance book called Tales from the Dance Floor. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and you also dancing from the inside out, a guide to the dance floor, and a metaphor for life. And what I and why why is that? I was intrigued. Life. I was intrigued with that. We hear about and uh, speaking of Yale and professors, Robert Thompson talking about the our our, our origins, our DNA origins emanating from Africa, and dance and has just been so part of our our culture, the human cultural expression. But why personally has that been so important for you? So, so as a backdrop, you, you compete in, in tango kind of competitions. Is that, is that correct? Well, I do that, but I, but I, I do salsa. Salsa. I, okay. Uh, excuse I, me. I, All yeah, right. And my son, my son is, is, is a young artist coming of age. He's Luke Lozon world. And so I, 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 I really, really enjoy seeing him do his own. Uh-huh. Version of it. But yeah, I do, I do the Latin dance, but I was, I was a combination, uh, law professor, and dance professor, and the dance came about <laughs> just like in Yale. It's just 
just like yeah, like my music came about. I was a psychology major, I was gonna be a psychiatrist uh-huh. and and pre med. But I but I ended up also doing my philosophies, which I love and and. Okay, just uh, Muhammad's if if he if he comes back, uh, we'll kind of conclude uh, and then give him the last word. And again, you're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show, and this been, it's really been a pleasure to listen to Muhammad Abdullah, Ron Matchett, and so many things we have not covered. He meant he referenced his being a law professor and referenced, he's referenced the books that he's he's involved with uh, and that will be coming out shortly. We'll have this audio file available for you to, to kind of listen to in a more, in, 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 a, in, in a, a more, I'm sure, you still, still there? I'm um, back. Um, okay. I'm no problem. So, so we're good. I want to give you, give you the last word. And again, that, that, that gave me a chance to just kind of let our listeners know that, okay, sure. that we're going to, okay. we're going to summarize everything and there'll be, it'll be available on the, the audio file, by the way, I'll be, have a chance to send you in about an hour or so. And so you have a chance to send okay. that out. Thank and and I've reached, so I've Thank reached you. out to Mustafa Abdul Salam. I've reached out to Stanley Welch and others that, that are in Brian Jarawa and, and Jay Hogard and, and, uh, uh, oh, wow. and, and Dwight Andrews. So, you know, there's a list of yeah, folks that, that we'll be able to send this yeah. to because it's so important for us to kind of to kind of commune while we're on the planet, be able to talk to one another rather than just look down on one another. On the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Dwight's a great story with, you know, they were the group after us called Deja Vu, mm-hmm. and he was head of the black church at Yale, and he did jazz and Yale, and he's, he's wonderful. He took over Andy Young's church in Atlanta. He did August Wilson stuff out back in year when he came back. We saw all August Wilson stuff back, which he mm-hmm. did music for. That's, a, that's, that's another great. You have so many to choose from. That's so it. Many to choose from. That's it. So, so I want to give give you the last word, Muhammad. And really, again, there's okay. things we have not covered, but deliberately we wanted to just tease people today, kind of let them know that okay. this this upcoming weekend for the Black Student Alliance at Yale is so important to kind of support. Even if you want to make a contribution, if you can't attend, uh, just go to Black Student Alliance at Yale, the 50th anniversary. You can, can Google it, and I'll have this the the, the URL. On, on my website and on Facebook. But, okay. uh, but again, listen to Tom, Tom Ficklin's show, and I want to give you, Muhammad, the last word. Uh, thank you very much, Tom. I, again, I'm so appreciative of being able to have an opportunity to be on the show and to talk to your, to your listeners. And, and I can say that uh, the Black Student Alliance at Yale is, 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 was valuable in our time, and it remains valuable today. And I'm so thankful that the students have come together, and I know people like Pamela George who work there help Indeed. to mm-hmm. the vision to do that. And I would say that for me, I would summarize what I did my NPR uh, commentary after 9-11, which won an award called The Real Ground Zero is the Human Heart. I think that's where we have to focus now. We Re- repeat that title again. That, repeat that title again the, for me. Sure. The Real Ground Zero is the Human Heart. Mm, the so Real Ground Zero is the Human Heart. At 9/11. Boy. And uh, I can say that that's where my work is today. You know, black power, all black lives matter, all that's really important, but all lives matter. Mm-hmm. And we have to focus on, on those lives that need the attention in the moment, and black lives is certainly at the, is among that. But I must say that that's what we have to do if we're going to get beyond the cycle of keep revisiting the things that we thought we've handled, because mm-hmm. we haven't handled it at the level of the heart. Mm-hmm. That's what King's work was, and, uh, and I think that was the work of everybody really in their own way. Boy, so thank you once again, and uh, I look tremendous. forward to talking to you whenever uh, that's, that's right. I'll reach out. It'll be soon. It'll be soon. Okay, very good. Thanks, very good. man. Thank you. Once again. Thank you so much. This is All Tom right. Ficklin. Everybody, looking forward to chatting with you next Monday. Brian, thanks so much. Uh, Paul Bass, thanks so much. And, and thank you, our, the listeners. I don't get a chance to thank the listeners as much as I should. You are so important, um, and I appreciate your investing your time and what we're attempting to communicate. And hopefully, it's been rewarding to you. Take care. Talk to you next Monday. Mandy and I'm